The Mind's Marvels. Dr. David Hardy on rewiring neurons for optimal wellness. In this captivating interview, Dr. Hardy unveils the malleable nature of the human brain, showing us how to reshape it through activating neuronal receptors, pathways, and circuits. Get ready to be empowered by the notion that neurons that fire together wire together, as Dr. Hardy shares enlightening insights and practical strategies for optimizing brain function and overall wellness. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. the same after we learned our 21-year-old daughter, Kristen, was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. It's a parent's worst nightmare. How much did we really know about domestic violence back then? Clearly not enough. Now we know plenty. We know domestic violence, or DV, can happen to anyone. One in three women suffer physical violence at the hands of intimate partners during their lifetimes. One in three. I'm Bill Mitchell, host of the When Dating Hurts podcast. And my interviews with DV counselors, law enforcement, and especially actual DV survivors give the pandemic of domestic violence the attention it deserves. The When Dating Hurts podcast. It's a series of lives being saved. Welcome. And as a passionate subject of mine, I am pleased to welcome one of our guests. Let me introduce you. Dr. David Hardy is a functional neurology practitioner dedicated to empowering individuals and optimizing their brain function. With a focus on stimulating neuronal receptors and pathways, he helps introverted entrepreneurs and leaders transition from underperformers to thriving achievers. Dr. Hardy believes in the ability of the brain to change and grow throughout life and employs evidence-based techniques to enhance neuroplasticity. His mission is to assist people in improving their health and unlocking their full human potential. Please help me welcome Dr. David Hardy. Hello. Nice to be here, April. (laughs) Yes, it's a pleasure to have you on the Wellness Driven Life Show. And I may have been saying some of those things wrong. I don't say them all the time, but that's why we have you to educate us, me, and the audience. So welcome, welcome. Thank you. Yeah. No, I thought the intro was extremely well presented, and uh, I'm excited to be be here and uh, talking about brain function with you. Awesome. Yeah, this is such an exciting, passionate subject for me. I love learning more about our brain and how it it has so much effect on our overall body and, and how it turns out. So let's start by just introducing you to the audience. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah. Um, well, I'm Dr. David Hardy. Uh, I practice uh, in Alberta, Canada. And uh, I've had several different kind of lives and experience uh, along the way here. And the, the journey has been absolutely amazing. Uh, so I, I started out uh, basically uh, as yeah, um, young student that uh, struggled with uh, learning how to, to speak properly. I had speech, speech delays that turned into then reading and English challenges as as I was growing up, but I was really smart in different areas and science was kind of one of those areas that I was drawn to. And uh, along that that journey too, um, I had different therapies and uh, 
I really got into sports more and more, which helped me immensely. Mm. And then when it was time to choose uh, a path after uh, high school, it was uh, education. And I, I was a teacher. Uh, I taught in Japan, Australia, and in Alberta. And wow. yeah, so it, it has been a, been a path. And uh, yeah, I absolutely loved it. Uh, when I was in Australia, I was teaching uh, grades one through 12, uh, substituting and short contracts. And of course, traveling at the same time and living that that lifestyle right after after college, and then uh, woke up one morning, realized my visa was expiring, and uh, <laughs> went back uh, home for a short short stint. And uh, then a friend of a friend offered me a job in, uh, in Japan, and uh, at first I'm like, "Nah, I just got back. I I need to get serious, and uh, I need to get get the career going." And then Next thing I know, I'm asking for the plane ticket and I'm off to this tiny island in Japan where I taught uh, three-year-olds to senior citizens. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and happened to be this small, tiny little island outside uh, Nagasaki. So there's maybe 10 other foreigners. So it was pretty isolated that way. And uh, uh, just had a, an amazing time there. And uh, then went back to Canada and... Uh, I, I did land a, a teaching position and it was uh, teaching uh, behavioral students. And I had such a mixed bag of students and uh, all amazing kids and uh, absolutely loved it where other, other people would run out of the door. And uh, I think it was kind of my experience growing up and, and struggling that, that really helped me out with, with this difficult population but uh, mm. um, and as much as I really really loved it I did see a shelf life to it and uh, that's when I went back to school and uh, took my chiropractic and uh, it was absolutely amazing uh, the the university I chose was one that had a very strong rugby program and I was a, a rugby player and thought I could get partial scholarship by by playing rugby and uh, I tore my pec minor, I think pretty much off <laughs> before oh. down there and uh, struggled through one season and then hung up the boots. And that was the end of my, my rugby career. And uh, it turned out to be one of the best things possible because then I found these postdoctorate courses in functional neurology. So I'm going through chiropractic school and then on weekends, I'm in these seminars with docs that are out practicing in the field. And uh, it just happened to be that I was on the campus and uh, kind of volunteering and turning in the clinic that the head doc was uh, treating Sidney Crosby and all these other star athletes with concussions. And that's oh, over a decade ago now. And <laughs> um, back when people didn't quite know what to do with concussions. And uh, Dr. Carrick was hitting it out of the park. It was, it was amazing to see kind of the artistry, the knowledge, the expertise that, that went into how to actually treat the brain, rehab it and get people better and not just better in some cases, better off than they, they were before the injury. And uh, I just got so addicted to and, to that and just the the impact on lives it had that i have ended up taking thousands of hours and uh have practiced in oh so many different places now and uh have had that that privilege to to really serve and to, to help people get better and uh and now uh, looking at ways to help people with performance as well and kind of the stress and uh, the, the mixed bag that entrepreneurship uh, throws at you and that life oh. and career throws at you, right? Absolutely. Uh, it, it does. And it, it is certainly a fascinating rabbit hole to go down. And it's interesting to me too, because I have had uh, another guest on the show that spoke about her going into the the neuropath aspects of our brain 
because of concussions. And so right. it's very interesting that I hear that from you and from other guests that that's kind of this pathway into learning more and wanting to learn more and continue down that rabbit hole. Now, you have a well-rounded story. My goodness. And there were so many things that I can pick apart and take with and run with that. But I'd like to start, really, let's go back to the, the childhood aspect. And you said that you weren't able to, to do certain things, or you maybe felt you were a little developmentally behind and such, and how that affected you moving forward. And so you want to play on that just a little bit more. Oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, when you say you struggled with one subject or another, um, that's only kind of the tip of the iceberg. Uh, there's all sorts of frustration, obviously, with school, uh, but socially as well. And uh, yeah, I wasn't on the spectrum, but I always kind of joke around that I'm not too far from it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so I feel I like we all are. <laughs> <laughs> the, the way society pushes us now, it's all about that knowledge academics and less so kind of socially and uh, and then two, just kind of how the brain develops. Um, there's a lot of stressors out there that really impact kind of that body sensation and social aspect of the brain, kind of more that right brain side versus the left brain. Well, and, something I, I took out of it, if, if I could interrupt for just yeah, a moment, um, Dr. Hardy, was you mentioned how much sports, that physical activity helped immensely. So when we start talking about mind, body, and, you know, really you, again, having this well-rounded history and travel, and I would love to even touch on blue zones, but let's go into What's that like when we really do utilize that physical aspect of ourselves and how that helps our brain function? It is the biggest driver of brain performance out there. Mm. And uh, it's it's underreported, even though people are talking about it so commonly now, that brain-body connection. But it's all the nervous system. And the nervous system basically works by... You have receptors that get fired that go someplace into the brain and stimulate the brain. And then you have an output of the brain. And the biggest source of stimulation to the brain from the nervous system is from movement of muscles mm. and joints, even yeah. more so than vision. And that builds it. And there's receptors that take in information from the outside world. And then there's receptors that take in information from our body. So yeah. if we're not in tune with our body, if that part of the brain isn't processing all that information properly, then we're awkward because, yeah, we don't know how to move or react or think properly uh, because we're not in tune with ourselves. And then the outside world stimulation can be too much for, for us sometimes. Yes. And really, like when we look at people that are confident, they're confident because they feel good. Well, emotions, take, take the easy word of emotions, feelings. And we forget that root word is feel. Mm -hmm. So all this information and processing about how our body's working, what we're eating, how we're moving, all impact feelings and emotions. And then that impacts how we think and perform. Yeah. So we really need to look at this connection a, a lot, lot better. And that's why concussions really kind of give us insight into it too. You're looking at a brain injury where that brain's shaken up and there are all sorts of physical things that happen from it. Dizziness, nausea, light sensitivities, sound sensitivities. All of these are like those centers in the brain that process all this information from ourselves and the outside world just are scrambled now and we need to rehabilitate them. And there's no magic pill for it. It mm. comes down to knowing the pathways and how to stimulate different parts of the brain through these connections, through the body, through these receptors, through the outside world, 
that really make the difference and move that needle. And it's, yeah. it takes a lot of work and knowledge to get to that, that uh, state where you can start to do it smoothly and effectively with people. Yeah. I, I mean, I would think that there's, there's so much science behind that because so much of it is what we can't see. And right. so learning that would be, would take a while I would suspect, but I really do love that you touched on that physical aspect and how important it is. And so you said that you hung up the boots in your own sport. What do you do now, Dr. Hart Hardy to, you know, keep moving and, and keep that you know, brain function going based on your physical activity. Exactly. Yeah. I've got sort of exercises I've put together for myself from different eye exercises, coordination ones, balance ones that wow. help me out. And then kind of the biggest one, and I always joke about it, that mountain biking is my vestibular mm. <laughs> stimulation and therapy yeah. that, uh, yeah, just going down a hill very fast on two wheels and reacting and having to move uh, <laughs> yeah really just replenishes my soul each weekend when i do it well i love that it's it's outdoors so when we start yeah. incorporating that physical activity outdoors to me that's that's my favorite kind i have um a number of comments that came in so i just want to share real quick so kim jacob said Dr. David Hardy, thank you so much for sharing your story. She said school and social can be overwhelming. She has a child on the spectrum and it's a lot to unpack. Yes. She thinks that the physical aspect really makes a difference. So thank you so much for sharing that piece. And again, yeah, going back into that, I just love that you're bringing in that physical part and how much it has an effect on the brain. So what are some of the things that you have learned through your research that um, has been sort of those tips and tricks? I don't know if that's something that you touched on with what you do now in the physical aspect. So if somebody has a concussion, what are some of the things that somebody can do in order to start blocking in those neural pathways again? Right. Um, uh, with a concussion, I I always say go to go to somebody that's well trained and and can help you because obviously the natural instinct when we want to rehabilitate ourselves is to do too much. Yeah. And for somebody with a concussion, too much means you damage yourself more. And uh, so definitely seek somebody that that knows knows the brain and uh, i'm a little biased but find somebody who does functional neurology and uh and get them to help you out um can you, for every can you really quick what what is the definition of functional functional neurology if you don't mind yeah uh, basically it is going to be physical rehab for the brain and uh, the way that Kind of all alternative therapies have worked is once again they stimulate a receptor that goes through a nerve up the spinal cord or cranial nerve in some place into the brain and stimulated it that way so whether it's exercise whether it's aromatherapy whether it's eye movements whether it's acupuncture chiropractic all of these once again are stimulating the nervous system through different receptors and pathways that fire the brain in a special way and there's always been kind of all these anecdotal things about how the brain is impacted by these therapies and and uh, it really took uh, some really smart doctors to go well let's start going off of what has happened but base it off of the knowledge that's out there on the nervous system and get these therapies even more tuned in, dialed in with what's going on. And uh, there's textbooks on the neuro neurologic examination. And traditionally, those textbooks are used to diagnose people and to label pathology. Um, but if you actually read it at a different lens or scope or point of view, you start to realize it that that's also a a manual to provide better therapies to, to get people to, to function better again. You figure yeah. out what's going on and then 
you use that pathway to stimulate the brain and to, to get it better. And you do it at a frequency, intensity, duration to actually make a change. And you change your therapies as the brain changes. So it's not this static system. Hey, go do three sets at 10 and you're going to get better. It's like, no, when you're first damaged from a concussion or an injury, you need to dial it back. And maybe it's a passive therapy that's going to work and get somebody functioning better. Or maybe it's kind of this pathway you never even thought about not working well that needs to be stimulated. Right. Well, and you have talked about helping introverts even. So this yes. is not just people that have concussion. I can't even say it. <laughs> and so we can start rewiring that in so many different ways. And it affects us on so many different levels on a, on a holistic manner instead of just specifics. And oh, absolutely. So you, you want to talk a little bit about that and how it really has this overall approach. Yeah, it, it goes back to uh, what I was saying earlier, kind of with my own issues developing and, and being in tune with my body is that most introverts um, do kind of have that imbalance between left and right. Yeah. And yeah, we use all our brain all of the time. So saying it's just one side of the brain versus the other isn't precise. But in a general term, yeah, one side is firing more efficiently, better than the other side and sending signals back and forth. They're not in tune. They're not in sync with each other, though. So introverts, of course, are always thinking about the outside world. They're thinking wow. about knowledge, facts and all this stuff that would bore a lot of people. And then the right brain is about our own body. And it's, it's about that interaction with other people and how we feel. So it's both that social and our, our feeling of ourselves. And the primary emotions in the right brain are going to be your withdrawal emotions. So your fear, sadness, disgust. And then on the other side of the brain, it's going to be about your external emotions so your happiness surprise anger hmm. and yeah a lot of introverts of course they keep a lot of that anger inside as well or yeah. or keep things to, to themselves and constantly ruminate on things so how do we get somebody that's constantly doing those activities and get them more in tune with their body relaxing feeling better and mm. then being able to socialize at a at a different level and be comfortable going on to podcasts and everything and saying, yeah, this is the way to do things. And uh, I'll just go into like a quick story with myself. When I was taking these functional neurology seminars on the weekend, um, I was seeing like miracle after miracle with these athletes with all sorts of other neurological disorders and was amazed by it. And finally, I'm like, well, yeah, I, I feel something's not right with myself a little bit. And I'm still getting really good grades because that part of the brain is working fine. But I finally saved up some money and put that aside and went to one of the docs in the field and and went through a neurologic assessment myself. And by the end of it, he's given me these silly, goofy little exercises. I'm moving my limbs on one side of the body. I'm turning my head quickly. I'm moving my eyes another way. And he's like, you have to do this basically every hour for a week or two before you come back and see me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Every hour? Oh, yeah. But so you're setting your... your clock yeah <laughs> so, so i don't want to be embarrassed so i'd always find like a corner of a hallway that no one was in or outside <laughs> and i'm doing these exercises and on day three it was like a switch flipped in my brain wow. and all of a sudden this wave of calm hit me that i never felt in my life mm. um, i was always kind of ramped up a little bit and 
And of course, being in a university setting is going to ramp you up even more. You got deadlines, you got this. And all of a sudden, this wave of calm hits me. And the other bizarre thing that happened to me was colors became brighter. Wow. My vision just, it was like somebody turned the volume up on my vision. Um, it wasn't acuity. I still need glasses to read. But things just seemed brighter, crisper. And I was able to, to see and, and uh, just wow. feel better at the same time. And uh, that's kind of being how I judge my my brain function is like if I let myself go, I notice my vision becomes dull and hazy and that my mood changes. And then I get back on the exercises. I take away the junk in the diet that that creeps its way back in. And I I feel the same things happen over and over again. So it's not like all of a sudden you're better and then you can go back to a horrible lifestyle. It's like, no, you're getting your brain to fire at a different level, just like you would exercise a muscle. Yeah. And now you need to maintain it and get yeah. it driving the right way because how we perform is also going to determine how we decline later on in life as well. And that's Ooh. a scary topic. No, it's, it's, it's a needed topic. And so I really yeah. like the way that you said that how we perform now is how we, what did you say? How decline. we're going to decline later right. in life. Yeah. yeah. So I really like that. And it's, it's fascinating all of what you were experiencing. And to me, it kind of makes sense when you start doing the exercises because you're um, it, it's like physical exercises for your brain and you're just, yeah. Yeah. you know, that mental muscle, so to speak, is what you're strengthening. And it almost makes me think of like your experiences, um, something similar to magic mushrooms, you know, that's a hot topic <laughs> right now. Right. And so if you know anything about that, you are, are certainly able to say, but really, it sounds to me like you were able to tap into that aspect of yourself without any of that. So very, very cool. And, and it definitely makes sense. And I say that to so many people so often and on this show, this is not, you don't just obtain a certain level and then it's done and you don't need to do any more work. Self-development is a continuous thing. It's, a, it's always going to be refreshed, revised and a daily habit. Absolutely. Yes. So we're going to move into our first commercial. And when we get back, I can't wait to hear a little bit more about your travels and what kind of experiences and things that you learned from them. So stay All tuned. Right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be. But we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. Are you a practitioner or a coach listening to this if so, I would love to ask you, do you use hypnotherapy in your practice working with clients? And if not, would you like to? The power of hypnotherapy is limitless. And so often we experience our clients struggling to reach their goals. It's because they're coming up against their own brick walls and getting stuck. But you can help them through the power of hypnosis break through all of that working with their unconscious mind to put the suggestions in to have them taking the action to achieve the results that they want 
they are thrilled with your coaching techniques, they're getting the results they want, you feel amazing because you are helping your client get the results they want, it's a win-win. And another win is that it's an added revenue stream for you in your business. So if you like the feel of helping your clients get the results they want, if you like the sound of that, then definitely reach out Melissa at yourguidedhealthjourney.com or click the link tree link below for my unlimited power of hypnosis class to learn more. It's a weekend designation program that I teach valid in 42 countries. You write an exam after taking the experiential course and you can be admitted to the American Board of Hypnotherapy and start using hypnotherapy one-to-one with your clients and have them achieving the results they want. So you can find out from all of our sponsors in the description link below. And so Dr. David Hardy, you have done some extensive travel. And I love talking about that because we are able to learn so much from all of the different cultures around the world. And so tell us a little bit about, and I'm sure things come to you. I know that when I have done some travel or had experiences in the past, sometimes I learn things from those experiences here and now. So tell me some of those takeaways that you were able to learn and grow from. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a full, full seminar, but or <laughs> <laughs> a good conversation over, over dinner, but, uh, Travel has been absolutely one of the best things I've ever done in my life. Mm. And uh, being able to, to see and live in, in other cultures has been absolutely amazing. Uh, so, yeah, Australia was one of those. Uh, I, I went over for the Rugby World Cup to watch it back then. And, uh, and of course, right after college. So I, I kind of say those were more my, my party days, of course. And, Oh, I love the the beach lifestyle and just how laid back it was there. And uh, yeah. I live for summer, so it was kind of a really good climate for me as well. And I love the sunshine and just how happy that made people feel. Like I remember one one day just walking uh, downtown uh, Melbourne, and uh, it's about lunchtime, and just seeing people basically having picnics in their business attire out in the middle of the day and like life is just great <laughs> and uh then japan uh yeah teaching there was was a great experience um i say that if you're a dependent so if you're a child young child or, or elderly you want to live in japan that uh the kids are taking so great care of um and it really is about kind of getting them uh, up and doing things. A lot of song and dance and games uh, for their early learning. The, the way kids should be learning, playing and singing and... Uh, and Expression. Yeah, exactly. And um, music is, is a big part of it as well. And uh, just how nutritious they ate that uh, the lunch programs were these amazing uh, creations. Like you, you can go and order a bento box anywhere and and it's not going to be half as good as what, what the kids were being fed there. Like wow. they've got their vegetables and a little bit of rice, their proteins. And, uh, oh, it's usually cut up in all sorts of great shapes that kids actually eat. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. I and um I believe that that is one of the blue zone areas of the world, is that correct? It is. Yeah. yeah. Um usually they and they speak about Okinawa, which is a bit farther south in Japan, but uh uh basically the the lifestyle, the nutrition factors are are key to to brain health. Uh I've gone into kind of the stimulation mode, but Anytime you stimulate the brain, you need the right fuel and nutrients to actually handle that stimulation. And uh, I think a big part of the diets missing is um, seafood and a lot of the products then that are from the ocean. Um, mm -hmm. 
most of human existence. And if you look around now, people live by the ocean or by water. And the diets, really the healthy diets reflect that as well. That Dr. Hardy, would you please tell my husband that? <laughs> right. <laughs> he doesn't like seafood. I'm like. Oh, yeah. You look at the brain and just how much we need like omega-3 fatty acids. And most of those supplements are fish oils. And there's just something about how um, we've developed with a body that, yeah, needs a lot of nutrition from the sea, whether it's those omega-3s, whether it's zinc iodine and, and yeah. sodium and everything well, else. And how much it affects our need. emotions. Like when yes. we consider depression, for instance, mm -hmm. our diet plays such a key role in that. I mean, in many... Um, people will will say well you know take fish oil for that it can help yes, yeah. alleviate that absolutely yeah um the the combination of inactivity and then poor diet is is killing brain health and brain function and uh more and more studies have just hammered that home if if you need that that side of it to go out and eat healthy <laughs> or, yeah. or to move around. Um, yeah. So yeah, those, that's the, the basics of, of, of brain and health in general is, yeah, we need to need to have the, the right fuels and nutrients to actually get ourselves running and working. Mm -hmm. And uh, the brain uses roughly about 20% of all the energy that we produce. So it is, it's greedy. It takes a lot to, to run. And yeah, yeah. If, we're, if we're off on that, we're going to be only depressed and, and not wanting to do anything. I love that you put it in that perspective that the brain utilizes 20% of the, the energy that we put in. And, and so can you share a little bit more about what you feel is a healthy diet? Now you've talked about seafood, things from the ocean. What else? Um, basically, there's two fuel sources the brain needs to survive and thrive. And that's going to be glucose and ketone bodies. And we're probably more in the glucose stage too much, to be honest. Mm. And then when we're in the glucose stage too, is that we're getting too much of it. So then the receptors start to be down-regulated, uh, insulin mm. and all these other energy processing hormones in our body are going to be skewed as well. When you and, say non-regulated, mm -hmm. and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when I hear that, I picture that it's like just lagging, that it's heavy, that it's moving slower. Does Is that a good well, way of a describing way of saying it? Or another way is that it's gummed up, that, okay. yeah, you've taken in all this sugar and then the, the body's been flooded by it and it just starts to ignore it because, yeah, those receptors are just not working anymore and they're mm. they're they're wiped out so like alzheimer's has been nicknamed type 3 diabetes in many mm. cases because it's a problem with the cells not being able to utilize glucose to be able to run and do their stuff and then that has all sorts of implications on mood intelligence everything and when we decline too we look at people or we're listening to them and we're kind of like, yeah, something's off. But you know what? They're they're saying the same things they've always said. And they're really good at the job they've done for 20, 30 years. Uh, so it can't be that bad. But really, the stuff we've been practicing for 20, 30, 50 years before we retire are the things we've become really good at by practicing for 40 years. Hmm. And that's going to stay there a while. Right. But learning new tasks or even just changing rooms and memorizing where you left things starts mm. to decline, fall off before that. Yeah. And even before that, you see it in people's facial expressions and how they move. And you can tell that somebody's not doing well, that they're declining and their their system's just going in the wrong direction. So 
A lot of that's going to be diet related. And I, I've worked with patients with cognitive decline. So before they're diagnosed and when you're diagnosed, it's almost end stage, to be honest. Um, it's mm. far along in the process. Right. Um, but with cognitive decline and the stimulation model I was using, um, I wasn't getting the same results as say, a young athlete who was in bed from a concussion. Um, because they still had that metabolism to be able to handle the stimulation in the right dosages. Whereas somebody later on right. with cognitive decline, when we were doing these stimulations, uh, metabolically, they weren't there. And then that got me driven into functional medicine where I'm looking at lab tests and diet and supplementation to once again, hammer away at, okay, well, how, how do I get these people better that they know their memories going on them, that, that life isn't as rich anymore, that they're moody, that things are falling apart on them. They want to go on that next vacation or enjoy life with their grandchildren. And they can't, it's, mm. it's falling apart on them. And, and, my my one grandma actually passed away of Alzheimer's when I was young. So I got to watch and witness that decline of, of somebody um, really early on. And I think that was then the first time I, I saw saw a dead body was my my grandma right after she passed from Alzheimer's. And it was a body that had gone through a lot of years of falling apart. And, hmm. uh, it was not not a good sight to see at that age or any age, and uh, and uh, those last years of life too. Uh, I always I always think uh, should should be better than having all your life's work and memories yeah. erased from you. I, I think it's it's a cruel way, and uh, mm. and for it everyone is. else around too. So. That's become another passion and it's really putting in these puzzles from how we develop to how we perform, how we get injured to how we decline. And right. uh, the really amazing thing with, with the functional neurology is pathways are pathways. Yeah. So sometimes the label diagnosis um, uh, can be completely different what can be the same kind of pathway or mechanism. It kind of depends on where and what caused it and what age somebody is at. So um, it's, it's really kind of a great tool or method and, and uh, knowledge to, to really have an impact over a lot of different areas of life and a lot of different ways people are, are struggling and, and help them out. It truly is a, a beautiful thing. I agree with you. You know, when we can educate people on certain things that they can do in order to enrich and enliven, you know, all of aspects of their lives until the very end. And so you you touched again, um, or what it made me think of is that that physical activity. So, you know, when we incorporate the diet and the physical activity, you know, because our body has to be able to process. And as we age, that's, that starts to decline too on how it's taking in the nutrients that it utilizes. Yes. So if we keep moving, it opens that up in order for us to be able to process them effectively. So, and I'm sorry that you saw your grandmother that way, but that's such a beautiful thing from it is where you became so passionate as to how do we fix this and how do we live more fully? Absolutely. And, uh, it's, it's, it's a driving force. That's for sure. And, uh, the, the most amazing thing though, is to, to see the impacts that can be made in a short amount of time with a lot of people. And, uh, that's the the great thing with concussion work too is um, is yeah it's based off these physical activities it's basically physical rehab for the brain and uh, movement and breath work and all sorts of other things mm. um, but then the key is once again how often you do that so with the right. protein if if we tear a muscle we've got an idea about the rehab. 
And that's become the standard model for all care, which is completely wrong for the brain. Right. Because the brain is way more metabolically active than a muscle. So if we're rehabbing the brain and we're trying to get it better, we need to be doing it multiple times per day, kind of like I, what I mentioned earlier with myself doing these exercises every hour for, for a few days, is that the brain learns by doing things repetitively. So mm -hmm. whether it's a musical instrument, whether it's a second language, whether it's a math problem, whether it's how not to be dizzy, whether it's not to have anxiety, whether it's to feel more confident, all of these require us to repetitively do them. Little snippets, a couple minutes, multiple times per day to stimulate the brain in the right way. And that's where the magic happens. So these old models of, yeah, come in and see me once per week for the rest of your life, basically, is a horrible way to try yeah. to get somebody's life back after they've rattled their brain back and forth or or they're struggling with anxiety they can't go out into that that uh, busy stadium or even the supermarket because it taxes their brain and overstimulates them and sets them on this this path to needing to be in a bed for a few days to recover uh, right yeah just is the backwards way of thinking that uh, yeah, we can change now, which is, which is, it is. and, and Dr. Hardy, you have your own talk show as well, or podcast. And so that yes. is such a beautiful thing on how we can come and share different ideas than the more traditional approach that we have been taking. And it's, it's going to take time as you and I both know to, to really get information out, but there are so many different ways. And instead of doing it the way that it has not been working. So right. I appreciate you. And yes, definitely doing something consistently is key. What are some of the things that you do for yourself? I know that it, it was probably very challenging at first, although good for you for following through with, with doctor's orders and doing it on every hour. Oh my goodness. That would be a challenge and yes having to kind of to to get away and and go behind a wall or excuse yourself to a restroom stall right to do the things that you need to do in order to start regulating that so what are some of the other things that you do that you would recommend to the audience as they can start in a consistency path absolutely um it's just doing little dosages of an activity constantly so yeah if you wanted to dial it back instead of always driving being able to walk a little bit um taking the stairs here and there if mm. you're at the line in the bank uh or at the supermarket i'll just balance on one leg and kind of move around a little bit and it's subtle nobody notices or even cares what i'm doing yeah and uh then concentrating on the breath work and oh, posture and the, the things that take away from it and uh, also finding times to recover from things is big whether it's just hmm. yeah. finding something to kind of relax and yeah if you're learning if you're working if you're doing something even if it's desk work um you don't want to overtax a system. We've all tried to cram for an examination and then done worse than, than we would have if we didn't even pick up the book. And uh, all these kind of little exercises and things we can do, um, it is, yeah, let's just look at that one little thing we need to memorize and do it several times per day. And by the end of the day, you've got it memorized. Well, same way. Some of these little exercises that may seem goofy or strange. And uh, then if you're able to incorporate it kind of as a warm up or or when you brush your teeth or when you do something else, then it's in your routine already. Mm -hmm. And it's not this big overwhelming task to add just little things in that actually stimulate you and wake you up a little bit. And uh, it it does become 
really powerful to just make these these little changes quite commonly throughout the day and uh yeah when we came back from that commercial break and uh before you had asked about magic mushrooms and psychedelics mm -hmm. and then the ad was on hypnosis and all of that is stimulation basically to a lower part of the brainstem and we can do that like let's look at hypnosis so different sounds calm us down that's yeah. stimulating lower in the brainstem the horizontal eye movements of hypnosis stimulates that part of the, the brainstem that relaxes us more that serotonergic system that body awareness yeah. and we can start to use all these hacks and build it up throughout our day too and becomes really powerful and then the psychedelics they kind of hit that part of the brain too and the psychedelics well drugs in general they show us what is possible in a state but you can't stay there that's why it's called a trip <laughs> and uh so much of our day is to be in this higher part of the brainstem when we're overstimulated that dopaminergic side of things and then these other things that are coming out and getting more awareness hypnosis yoga um, psychedelics all of them are kind of hitting that lower part of the brainstem that mm. once again gives us a different state and a different way of feeling and being and uh, we can really dive into it more and more and how to kind of help people maybe first responders with ptsd with what they're going through and all sorts of other things and that's coming out and it's so ex exciting to see and uh yeah. it's it's just making the society and the world better too because yeah we're not in this vigil always go mode that that drives us and and wears us out yeah. and makes us moody and reactive to others so yeah I think it's one of the best ways to to make a change in the world yeah, I, I, I really like that um, there's so much science that's coming out with this and it's just giving us so much more proof of that which we cannot see. And so we continue to move forward in these practices and, you know, testing it out and, and seeing how it, it works and shows up the best way for us. And um, I know that you're familiar with Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, but basically you know, what you're talking about is really disrupting the patterns. Because when we start living our lives doing the same thing day in and day out, there's no possible way for change. There's no way to change if we don't do that. And you gave some incredible examples of that, you know, to standing on one foot in line, you know, just doing something that is different that you don't normally do. I like to say, for example, and this even goes, you know, you know that I have my law enforcement background, but so this is a safety aspect too, but go drive a different way home, you know, take a right. different route. Uh, but just that's another way to disrupt the pattern, but do something new, do something different each and every day. Yes. Yeah. The brain lives off novelty and that's, that's how you, you build new connections is something novel and new. And if you're always practicing the same old things, that's what the brain's going to become is <laughs> just it the is. same old things. So yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we'll move into our last commercial. And when we get back, I'm excited to talk a little bit more about this fascinating subject. Thank you so much, Dr. Hardy. And stay tuned. We'll go into this next commercial. KimJacobsConsulting.com. You know, people say opportunity knocks on every door. Right. No. Opportunity stands by silently waiting for you to recognize it. So I want you to recognize that this is a time for you, this is an incredible time to have your own talk show. It establishes a level of credibility. Yes. And by being exposed to people on a regular basis, it allows you to strategically begin to impact and attract your audience. She can take you in a place in yourself that you can't go by yourself. So go to KimJacobsConsulting.com. That's KimJacobsConsulting.com. 
KimJacobsConsulting.com. Did I say KimJacobsConsulting.com? Yes, you did. Very good. Make sure you go there and sign up for the coaching, and we're looking forward to working with you. You have something special. You have greatness within you. All right. So again, our sponsor's information is going to be in the description below for those of you tuning in. And, you know, talking about great coaches, Dr. Hardy, you you help educate people. You have a podcast that you have incredible guests on. And, and so you really are about giving and helping people grow to, to learn and achieve a better life. So I want to make sure that everyone knows how to find you. And so you can find him at www.thehardybrain.ca. And that is short for Canada, correct? That's the, I had to learn that today. So I'm going to be, um, you know, transcendent enough about that. And again, that's www.thehardybrain, that's H-A-R-D-Y brain.ca. Yes. And uh, there's the links to my podcast there. And uh, of course, you can find me on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. And uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn as well. Uh, that's probably the most active social media site I'm on. And mm. uh then uh, the website, yeah, looking into kind of rebuilding it and, and getting it a little stronger. But uh, there's definitely ways to, to reach out and, and find me. Uh, LinkedIn's another great one. And uh, then, uh, yeah, uh, there's a great episode I did with yourself on on the Hardy Brain podcast. So uh, I, I hope uh, more of your listeners uh, tune into that one as well. And uh, and. Uh, get the insight on on how April works. <laughs> it was a very fun interview. I appreciate it. It's very nice to be able to, you know, cross pollinate between other people and share a little bit more about yourself. So that being said, what are some of the, the guests that you've had on the show? What is some of the biggest insights that you have had, you know, talking to so many different people? Um, yeah, I kind of set it into uh, three categories then that the brain can be be made to change, and that's thoughts, chemicals, and stimulation. So I've had doctors come on and talk about nutrition, supplementation, peptides, uh, all all kind of those up and coming therapies as well, and then the stimulation side, uh, of course, other people in kind of this realm and. A lot of a lot of really amazing people in the in the mindset uh, arena as well. So I've had uh, authors on the show. Um, I've had uh, oh, Dr. Mark Golston was one who who's got like nine books he's authored or co-authored with people um, from Just Listen onwards. Um, uh, did a really amazing uh, episode with uh, Debbie Hampton uh, who. Uh, um, talked about her failed uh, drug suicide attempt and her recovery and how she's worked from from that. Um, uh, she still considers of, it a failure, huh? <laughs> she considers it, it quite the blessing. <laughs> and uh, one of my biggest takeaways uh, came from that interview when she's describing um, afterwards where she's on a vacation with her brother and uh, in the ocean swimming and almost drowns. And mm -hmm. she realizes that months earlier, she tried to take her own life. And now she's in the ocean trying to save her own life. And it, I think it comes down to that movement. Yeah. That when you're in the thick of things and you're forced to react and physically do something, you're, you're fighting for it. Yeah. But when you're isolated and you're taking away from that control of how you can move and react, that that's when things become even more overwhelming and depressing. And and uh, we we head into that that dark area of of our, our psyche. Mm. Oh man, that's a really great way to put it. I I love that you associated it with that, and it made me think of right away birth and how we come into this world. I mean, we're, we're nice and cozy and cushy. And then all of a sudden, wham, it's cold, it's awful, we're physically 
very uncomfortable. And then the body just goes into action and takes that first breath. Right. right. But it's, it's that physical piece of us that fight for survival. That's uh that's key. And yeah, movement is life and uh, yeah. And yeah, so many different ways we, we can, we can go off the, the, the rail with that, but that's why, why we, do these these shows is that we can never always hit on everything we want to hit on when it comes to to how we live feel and and perform and uh, yeah. yeah and then the avenue you've got with the the wellness driven life show uh, i i think it's amazing and the, the people you've had on the show as well yeah. so uh definitely gratitude to, and to having me here and the, the work you're doing and uh and very appreciative of, of everything that, that you're doing, April. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Hardy. I like to say that wellness is under this massive umbrella. And when I first came into wanting to show up uh, in the wellness arena, I knew that. And so you have to hit all of these different buckets to really have that well-rounded piece to optimal living. And I decided to interview others because it, it doesn't have to be just my story, my thoughts or my opinions, because everybody has their own and and people can relate to that. And when we start doing these shows, it's it's a worldwide audience. I mean, it's a brilliant thing. It's lovely that we have this technology nowadays because of the expansion that we're able to have. And so being able to have other people's points of views, opinions, stories, backgrounds, it is so much more relatable to a worldwide audience where there's different cultures and backgrounds. And I love that you do that as well on your show. You have those other buckets where you can really fully encompass all of these different things to educate people. And I know that you've had uh, Eric Edmeads on your show, and I'm so yes. excited to tune in on that. <laughs> he is scheduled to be recorded with me Um beginning of next month. So I'm very oh, fascinated with his work. And he has really dug deep into the history of people and our diets and why we react the way we react. And what's beautiful about that is he says, well, this is how we innately are. And this is why you show up the way you do. So don't be so hard on yourself. And now that you have the understanding of, we can look at it this way and start navigating how we do things otherwise. Yes. Yeah. That is going to be a great talk. Yeah. I'm yeah. looking forward to, to tuning in on that as well. Yeah. Eric is amazing speaker and, uh, yes. oh geez, he's open and closed for, for the biggest names out there. Yeah, he, he certainly is. I feel very blessed and I'm, I'm sure you do as well. So I'm so excited that we're able to share these messages and the opportunities and the education with people around the globe. Thank you so much for being on the Wellness Driven Life Show, Dr. Hardy. Do you have anything else that you would like to share with the audience today? I think that the biggest takeaways is, uh, is to just tune into your own body, observe other people and, and really take in that, that sense of that the brain nervous system is about feeling and the more we can stimulate those feelings mm. um, it's a physical process and it needs to be supported yes and that is going to take us into better mindset better emotional control and everything else but the foundation of the brain nervous system is is that movement that that breath that fuel and uh it just feeds our souls so those activities you love that you know bring you joy and connect you back to yourself is is really what you need to focus and concentrate on and do more of oh i love that so much thank you for sharing that my husband has been saying since i've known him uh motion creates emotion and yes. i in, in the beginning, I'm like, I didn't really get it because I'm like, I don't want to be emotional. <laughs> I'm trying to not be emotional, but it definitely makes sense to me now. And so 
again, thank you so much, Dr. Hardy, for being on the Wellness Driven Life Show and for the audience tuning in now. And for those of you watching the replay, be sure to check out the insights in the description below and leave your comments for us. If you have any questions for myself or for Dr. Hardy, we would love to hear it. So thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you later. Goodbye for now.